2, The Power of More from Brockmeier and Zalo. Innovation Thinking Today's episode is about the question, what are the best energy sources for the planet? Before we get our guest into the conversation, I would like to introduce the co-host of the podcast, Dieter Brockmeier, the innovation expert at the Diplomatic World Institute. Hi, Dieter. How are you doing today? Fabulous. And I'm really pleased to have Serge here this time. Uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing him. And um, he is not only a visionary, but he also has the tools uh, to do what he is promising. And therefore... I'm really happy uh, to have this episode with a guy that is, has been nominated among the 100 or 1,000 uh, top um, companies able to rescue the planet. Yeah, now to our special guest, Serge Cornese. He is the founder of Immersion4, a sustainable tech provider with the mission of cooling down data centers and reducing energy consumption in an eco-friendly way. Hello, Serge. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for being with you, gentlemen. That's uh, that's quite, I would say, an honor to be able to speak on a diplomatic way on a, such a big topic that's saving the planet. I know that Solar Impulse have been uh, uh, putting immersion for on the spot by saying, well, we're one of the thousand label companies able to save it. But I can assure you about one thing. The planet is fine and we are just not fine. But otherwise, everything is okay. So welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. Let's start with a simple question. Why does the media call you Mr. Cool? That's a good question. But um, I think because I would say there is a lot of things which are very cool within Immersion 4. First of all, we are cooling electronics, losing a liquid. The second thing is we are making the cloud cool again. How we do that? Well, basically in 2016, when it was, the, you know, the... the not even in 2016, but in 2010, when we're starting the beginning of our visio conferencing and social media and all of that one after another, it was, it was an amazing time when everything and everyone was getting to connect it together. And uh, wow, what happened about having a device doing something else than phoning, but seeing each other, chatting with each other, interconnecting, knowing new people from all around the world. And this one, I would say, in a, a completely increasing mode, especially now in the COVID time, because... Um, of digitalization and the planet become digital. So the data become the eighth natural resources uh, of the planet. By this being said, data centers become also the new factory of the new world, burning 20% of the world energy, greenhouse emissions, CO2 emissions, and water consumption. So we needed to change that. What immersion for does, it's cooling electronics, making the cloud cool again, like in the old time, where we are connecting with all the energy consumption related to it. That is one thing. And at the end of the day, um, it's all about um, doing things on the most sustainability and efficient way. So we are cool in this way because of the sign that we use, the angles. We are cool in the way because that's internet has been cool for connecting people. And uh, if we can have all this connectivity and all this relation and connection and communication and uh, sharing that we can do over the digital world, it will be absolutely uh, stupid to cut that when we can use digitalizations to connect with each other. But what about reducing by 80% those costs when we can do better for the sake of electronics and many other key school effects? So how are you cooling the, um, the, the devices? And I understand 
So what are the tools? And I understand it also is uh, reducing the water consumption significantly. Well, that's that's quite, I would say, the very easy. You know, we are not reinventing the wheel. What we have done is basically we have created a liquid which is allowing to dunk any kind of electronics under any kind of format. Speaking of which, data centers, servers, 19-inch, 21-inch chassis, IoT equipment, because electronics produce data. So we are cooling data. What are we, how we are doing that is using that liquid when we immerse all the electronics with the connectivity, electricity, fiber optics, data, in a way that basically the heat transfer is 1,500 times better than the air. So that's the way we do the cooling that basically we are looking. And how this is translated on the data center is quite simple. Um, I'm always taking the same example of the, the cup of champagne, and I'm pretty sure you guys are drinking champagne. Well, the way to do it is quite simple. What about cooling that glass of champagne that you have in your hand? What do you do? You cool off the room where you are, or you cool off the champagne itself? Well, makes sense to cool the champagne. If we cool the champagne, we stay in a bathing suit, and we cool the champagne with a very minimum effort, and everything is okay. Well, if we want to cool the entire room, we, first of all, will become Eskimo and maybe totally frozen before the champagne is even fresh. That's a data center. So that's basically the value we are bringing. In addition to that, traditional data center use air cooling, okay, which is a terrible thermal conductor, and also water. So this is why there is a use of natural resources that clearly electronics don't need. Um, we don't use any of those. We use our liquid, and then from our liquid, we exchange the calories within other liquid, which could be, as we said, a local sealed local loop of water that you can find in any building. So then you can reuse data center as an energy then because of the calorie dissipated by the IT load. And what is so special about the liquid? Is biodegradable at 100%? Is absolutely harmless? Um, if there is any kind of spill, it will absolutely not impact in the ecosystem is a guaranteed 25 years, is allowed to make any kind of electronics, electrical, optical, and data um, materials component and the cables straight into it, and um, can welcome any kind of uh, electronics, electrical uh, component and solution that you have today in the market. So what's the beauty of that liquid? is basically the fact that it's a perfect alternative Okay, and it's an alternative which makes sense to do a liquid-to-liquid -liquid cool instead of an air-to-liquid cool, which is not sustainable, which is made an infrastructure. The outcome of it is any building could become a data center because you don't need an infrastructure anymore. So that's where we change completely the paradigm. Imagine that tomorrow you can have a pay-as-you-grow solution having your servers that you can buy more and more system formers called DTM, okay, plugging them one to another on the same call loop and reusing the heat from the digital um, component inside our DTM system to warm up or cool off a building. That's our value proposal, connecting to any kind of system instead of having um, an air-cooled system with high floor, I would say high ceilings, chemical fire suppression, waste floor, Okay, very high up, okay, seven meters high, uh, special extinguished system, 
air circulations, HVAC, AC, okay, which are clearly not needed. And of course, backup system and UPS that you can reduce by half. Interesting. Can an existing data center be converted with your technology or how, um, how much effort is it to, to use your technology? Well, absolutely. A data center can be converted, but you will never see anyone who will do that. Because today, the, any operator of data center uh, pay for the resiliency of the data, not for the energy, uh, energy uh, savings. That's number one. Number two, because the server are running and you're not going to move from one running today to our set to a new to a new our set a, a new technology overnight no one is going to do that what basically you're going to see you're going to see the actual data centers by extensions will be moving to immersive coding for two reasons first of all because the physics law we are at the end more law we are at the end the second thing is because of energy consumption and the cost of energy and the third reason is because the electronic which is in use today over time is going to become obsolete, then why not moving to new electronics? And then over time, those air-cooled and those servers will be moving, I would say, the data from one server to another, and then it will be a migration path between the two. So are we the technology of the future? Absolutely. What are the benefits? Not use of natural resources. Can we do that right away? Of course we can do it, but because of data reliability and because of process already in place, okay, no one is going to do that challenge. Well, I think uh, since it's reducing the, uh, also the consumption of energy, I think it also would be quite useful if you would ch uh, convert an existing data center because uh, they still would uh, conserve a lot of energy within the old, uh, within the old setting. Absolutely. Uh, but what we, what we see today, I would say all those data centers, you know, there is more and more data center coming to the planet. But what we can see is now new generation coming in. And new generation coming in, they will come, you know, using, I would say, immersive coding solution. Why? Because basically the cost is just not the same. On a traditional data center, the return on investment is 10 years. The total cost of ownership, what we call the TCO, is 30% roughly. Well, if you use an immersion for data center, we're talking about return on investment in less than a year and a TCO up to 90%, depending on the data center destination. So we changed the economic paradigm. That's number one. Number two, there is no upfront sizing. On a traditional data center, you have to pre-design absolutely everything. You put everything in place. And then as soon as you, made, you put a first server on within, I would say, this data center, you switch on everything. That's not the case with an immersion for data center. You want the total pay-as-you-go solution. Plus, on our side, we are leasing, I've said, our, our, our product. Okay, we are, not, we are not selling that, but that's another thing. Now, what is very interesting in the overall solution is we can increase the density of the data center. For example, if we take 500 kilowatts, it's equal at 115 racks at 5 kilowatts per racks and then 270 square meters. This is math. That's what it is. That's what we call the upfront sizing of a data center. On an immersion for data center, the 270 square meters, it's 106 DTM system is 4.08 megawatts. So on the same surface, we can multiply by eight. Okay, the inner, the, okay, the, the type of data center we are dealing from 500 kilowatts to 4 megawatts. Now let's say we're talking about new generation data center, and there is 10 kilowatts per rack. 
Well, we still are four times higher and still don't pay as you go. No initial capex, no special dedicated infrastructures. No more room, instead of being seven meters high, we can divide it by two. You can make two floors of data centers, okay, on the same space because 3.5 meters high, it's enough. So that's where we change that paradigm. Mm -hmm. So actually, when everybody is proclaiming to be green and become green, so you should be crash, uh, crashing open doors. Uh, so and uh, clients should be queuing in, in your service. I wish that would be effectively the case, but you know, human when they have the habit to do things in a certain way, it takes always time for them to change and to go on another process. And okay, we have lots of habit for for the lack of a better word. And the process are in place and process costs money and people are used to do something in a certain way. And this is very, very hard to, for them to do something else, especially when this is a very big market exploding right now. And why do we want to change that outside if you do crypto mining? Well, basically, the cost of the kilowatt is very important. Well, um, and like we said also, you know, back in the day, no one could be fired to buy an IBM system. <laughs> but buying a compatible, you can have an issue. That's the same problem that we face again today. That's why I always said the humanity is so hard okay, to make a move on something which is needed. And we're just lucky that, you know, sometimes we have some we have great eyes, so to speak, on the street, putting you back in a place and said, hey, guys, what the hell are you doing? So that's very important to understand the, the way things should be done. And that's the way we created the first immersive technology we can be servicing like a rack, like an air-cooled data center. And that's where we change the paradigm in addition to all the benefits we are bringing to the market. Okay, so you're saving a lot of energy. Um, how do you rate the efforts of governments to save energy and also in relation to the efforts of government to uh, reach out to sustainability? Well, if you want me to say, I will say that for me, data center is the new age of slavery. That's pretty rough to say that. How's that? Well, data center today uh, will be in 2025, 20% of the world energy, 10% of the greenhouse, and 3 trillion liters of water. So what are we talking about? Don't forget that when you have a data center coming to your community, data center is negotiating the cost of electricity. But who is paying to update the electrical grid? Who is paying for the energy plant? Taxpayer not the data center. How many jobs a data center is creating? Not very much. So there is a huge impact because 20% of the world energy, it is 1,800 nuclear plants at one gigawatts. That's what we are talking about. So... Say that again. How many? Okay. 20% uh, of the world energy, it's yeah. 1,800 nuclear plants at one gigawatts. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Knowing that it takes roughly between 10 to 15 years to create a nuclear plant, to put it on operation from the day it started. So look at the time you're saving. The matter of fact is um, obviously paying for the grid, paying for those plants, putting all of this together to welcome data center means GDP impact because the cost is not neutral. So you need either to borrow money or to find a way in order to make all those plans that you have enough energy. And uh, people were very fine, I would say, a few years ago. 
people are not fine anymore. Even in France, if you're looking right now, we're talking about running out electricity because there is issue, because there is not enough electricity production. In fact, um, I wrote at the time a document called Consequence of Things when I was looking about the best place in the planet to have data centers, Ireland. Holland. Ireland was the perfect place at the time, COP21, to be on target for the carbon objective. And if you really looked, as soon as they implemented data center there, they are not anymore on the C on the COP21, uh, I would say the CO2 emission carbon. The reason why is what? Very simple. Few, num- few people, I would say in Ireland, a lot of renewable energy, a lot of space, a lot of land, and the perfect climate, okay, for based on the energy they were traditionally using. But as soon as you bring data center on the loop, you have a huge demand on energy. So you're building plants, so you're building grids, and then obviously you generate pollution. Well, there we are. So the consequence of things. Absolutely. That's the implication of what yeah. we see. Sadly, you were right. Yeah. Then I would be I would be really interested in about your opinion on the current energy mix that are we using in Europe. Well, that's a that's an interesting question. Well, first of all, I welcome all the initiatives. That's number one. Number two, um, I wish it would be a way less greenwashing about what is a clean energy versus what is not a clean energy. Basically, renewable energy, all right, there is an efficiency for the solar, there is an efficiency for the wind, there is an efficiency for the hydrogen, depending on what kind of hydrogen we're talking about, because hydrogen is an energy of energy. And then there is, I would say, the nuclear energy that everyone also is talking about and become out of magic, okay, total clean and because there is no CO2. But what are we talking about? Is people are remember, remembering what Chernobyl was? What Fukushima is? If we're speaking in Europe right now, it's because free Russian went under the, 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 the reactor in Chernobyl, freeing up 19 tons of water to avoid an open-air reaction. If you go today to the Mercantour in France, still radioactive, how long it was for Chernobyl? Well, let's be serious. Uh, nuclear is a fantastic energy, and I do love nuclear energy, but I don't like the waste, and I don't love the risk that this is also related to. But there is other way, and uh, one of the other way is thorium. When you do nuclear energy and you use uranium, it is 2% of the uranium which is used. When you use thorium, it's 98%. When some technology that I'm aware of now okay, are able to use thorium, was 98%, and also to use the waste of the nuclear plant for the thorium putting together. What is the benefit of having a nuclear plant close by, so to speak, or let's say a city nuclear plant, if you allow me to say, on thorium, obviously, is the reduction of the big power line crossing the country, is the local sources without the nuclear waste. So thorium for me is one of the option. But the problem is, it is still down the road, not there yet. So during this time, the humanity is growing at 1 billion people every 13.7 years. So what that means? That means that no matter how much energy we're going to produce, we're going to be producing, is not going to be enough. So we need to change the way, okay, we are, first of all, behaving. And second things, the way we are considering energy and the usage of energy itself. For this, there is only one way, eco-conservation. That's an example. That's the first principle of Immersion 4. Immersion 4 basically powered the IT load. 80% of the electricity is for the IT load, 20% for the cooling. 
if I'm applying the math to current data center, instead of 20% of the world energy, we talk about 4% of the world energy. Greenhouse, zero instead of 10. Water consumption, zero instead of 3 trillion. Well, that's eco-conservation. IT, electronics and IT load run still perfectly. And on the top of that, we don't generate any e-waste, which is another problem, another benefit that we are bringing. But what that means, we can have exactly the same service, the same um, capacity, the same evolution, okay, feeding the need of the, of, the, of the humanity without energy consumption. What is 15, uh, let's say, the going down from 20% of the world energy to 4%? We're just savings roughly 1,500 nuclear plants at one gigawatt. That's the best energy for me. Eco-conservation is the best energy for the planet that we have. And we can bring back sustainability. That's what sustainability is all about. Let's use energy for what matters. Well, you said in the beginning the planet is fine, but the people aren't. And taking that as a basis is, is uh, and, and we were talking about a planet in harmony, is this, is this possible? Can we, uh, can we reach a planet in harmony before it's too late? It's already too late, my, but that's a personal statement. Um, but can we accept that? No, because not social responsibility, because we are fathers. When I'm going to be out, you know, want to be called to... You know, to the other world, um, my son is going to be there. What do I want to leave to him? And this is a decision that every single day decision maker, stakeholder, shareholders should think about. That's what we're going to leave behind, not how we're going to be remembered. And in that regard, we can only make it happening only if we work together, only if we come together to fix that problem one decision at a time. Otherwise, We're going to be either winning as a team because we all walk towards the same direction, and I'm not talking about greenwashing, or either we're going to be dying as individual at one decision at a time. This is a choice that we have to make right now. Now, are we fine? No, we are not. 2025, 1.8 billion people will not have access to clean water. That's the demise of humanity. 2030, no more fish. What do we do? In 10 years from now, we will have to fix about the water, energy problem that we're already facing right now as we speak, and changing our habit of eating. Wow, that's a lot in 10 years. Any of us is willing not to have any more fish on the plate? I don't think so. Any of us are willing to share the water? That's going to be a big problem. And that means that immigrations, jobs, and quality of life. What kind of quality of life are we talking about? where at the end of the day, sustainability is something which can absolutely reach, but it will be damage control. The damage control is that we will have to adapt. If we walk towards sustainability for really what matters and stopping the greenwashing because everyone now wants to be green, well, we can all do like what Immersion4 is doing as a private initiative. If I'm looking at, I would say, as Immersion4, we never really communicate because that's not the way we do. We prefer to be On a, on a silence moment and living now, our customers speaking about us. We're doing the 17 goal of the SDGs. We're the sustainability company for the ITU and the UN for the past three years. We are gold sponsor of the AI program. We are, like you mentioned, 
part of the 1,000 company able to save the planet according to Solar Impulse. We have been on the Forester Report Sustainability Report of Forester uh, last year on the Magic Quadrant on the, on the upper right. Okay, fine. We have been also uh, privately um, got all the awards on the ITU talking about best use of ICT, Global Excellence Award. We got also the Geneva Invention. We won four prizes. We got them all. But this is worth nothing if the technology that we have put together, which have all the, we got all the checks, okay, on every single of them, okay, financials, economicals, environmentals, and eco conservation. Well, if the decision people say, no, I want to continue the way I do, well, then continue, then don't cry after that because it's too late. But you are doing your own demise and you need to face that. And don't, and I cannot understand. Once I hear sometimes people said, oh, but, well, but Greta, she's not. I said, guys, I'm sorry. This girl have more temper, and I don't want to say the word <laughs> if you allow me to, than any of us. She's putting us as adults in front of responsibility. I'm speaking, I'm a 58 years old, guys. I'm part of the problem. I cool electronics from the beginning of time using air because I didn't know any better. But when we know there is other things, we have the duty as a father to change that. We have the duty to listen to our children because, come on, guys, we had the life. They will never do what we did. And this is, I think, purely our mission altogether, to come together, to fix that together. So you're asking, you're actually asking for more action, less declaration of intent, more real action. Absolutely. It's too late. The action must be from yesterday. And let's be clear, the, any, every country in the world from the, from the let's say, the, the northern hemisphere knows what's going on. I have been answering the call from the White House talking about reducing energy consumption on, based on an outdated industrial model. That was in 2013. The Pentagon was already looking about every single scenario because everything was, if, everything was known about the situation where we were going. So it is not, I would say, a big secret to understand that. And, but we need to do more than that. There is scientists, okay, who have been saying thousands of them when Al Gore was speaking about that, and by the way, without any consideration of any politics. We just have to retrace the petroleum history. Everyone right now is talking about, well, petroleum is bad, oil and gas. Well, we, what is not oil and gas? How many things that we have in our house is not oil and gas? Our computer is oil and gas. Everything is about oil and gas. So we need to, if we want to change the thing, we need for the civilization to put in the end of people, eco-conservation, environmental, uh, environmental conservation-based technology tools and uh, objects that we are using on a daily basis. Recyclability becomes very, very important because simply said, 2 billion people plastic bag, it's okay. 8 billion people plastic bag is not okay. Leading the path to another type of energy. We need to consider the waste to energy. We need to recycle because nothing is infinite. And for me, the, the link, the bundle between eco-conservation, using energy for what's matter, and the waste to energy, those are the two biggest energy Okay, that this planet needs. 
in addition to all the effort that we're doing with traditional energy and renewable energy. Dieter? Yeah, I can. I fully agree to what Azash is saying. And um, yeah, let's hope that we finally get uh, get into action and into uh, sustainable action, to use that word, um, and uh, to get the best that still can be done, considering the, the time that already has been wasted. One, one thing if I can ask, I can say I'm sorry. I see the COP26. People are talking about objective in 2030, 2050. Well, if you allow me to say to all um, people who have been elected as leaders to drive nations, first of all, they have been elected to serve. That's a very fair statement and for them to understand that. And the second thing, there is technologies today who are COP26 ready for a long time. Immersion forces as conceptions is being based on uh, 17 goals of the SDGs, and we are COP26 from, from day one, so to speak. On the same time, we are not only product that we are selling, we are 100% circular economy based to build labs and production centers all around the world in order to reduce the carbon footprint. I'm not talking about carbon emission, I'm talking about carbon footprint, and to create jobs to provide value, to share the value chain. 10% of the world today is based on circular economy. We need to change that. The COVID show clearly the problems, okay, that, which is highlighted. Plus, the big part of the emissions that we have and the microparticles in the air are also part of the demise of humanity. So can we change that? Sure, it's a question of motivation, you know. Well, there is another thing. Um, no CO2, no greenhouse is quite nice. No microparticle will be even better. Because today, if you remember when we were at school together, it was only one or two people who were having asthma problem or allergy problem. I said, oh, what this kid is having? Or looking at your friends and said, well, is he sick? What is happening? Now we're talking about 70 to 80% of our children who have allergies or asthma, okay, related to microparticles in the air. Microparticles are one of the biggest also issues from the humanity. And we need to change that. I wrote at a time when it was at the beginning of the COVID that maybe the COVID, which is an air carried virus, is using the microparticle okay, to, um, to spread. In fact, if you map the world, you look at the microparticle, well, there is a lot, and you look at the COVID, well, the two works together. After that, Oxford Institute, New York Times, and many, many things in October, after we have been published by the, by the ITU in June, highlighted that. Well, we have to understand all of this, and we can change that. Emission for technology emits zero microparticles. So what is the best solution today what is based on eco-conservation? No use of natural resources or very limited as best as we can and no microparticle emission from the engineering to the operations. And now we speak about the same thing. If we now react to that, no energy, I would say, wasted on what is not needed, well, that's called eco-conservation. Well, this was really a rough ride we took the, this time, uh, Christian. Uh, we really uh, went from uh, data centers to all the big issues that um, are uh, disturbing the the planet. And yeah, uh, of course, we didn't come up with solutions. But we, But there's a lot to, to think about and a lot of things that can be done. 
And well, let's hope that this episode will have some impact on some of our listeners. Because you, you know, the, 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 the thing that Emotion4 is doing right now is, is more than the overall product, is more than a solution. If you allow me to say is leading by example on the very humble way, please <laughs> consider that because I don't consider myself as a leader whatsoever or a visionary. But we just have to rethink the way we do things and we will all arrive to the same things. There is no one visionary, one leader. We are all leaders, all visionary, all everything. And at the end of the day, we're all human, but we're living in one planet and there is no planet B. So can we make it? Guys, our playground is 540 square million kilometers. How's that to live like that? Okay, on that playground that we put it nice, because let's be clear, today we are going from Tanzania to Dubai to US to France, of course, pre-COVID on a very easy way. And this is nice. And we cannot consider ourselves not traveling. Could you imagine living with about that, living on a space in a studio? For how many, what, 200,000 people we can do that? When we can have this playground here and with mentions for many of those? Just think about this. Why don't we put all our energy together coming together to make this happening, to clean this planet. But this is so fantastic and so beautiful to live. Let's summarize, let's summarize it in one phrase. I think we can say we must act now to prevent the worst. Yes. Would you Absolutely. agree on that? I'm with you on that and you have my full support. That was Serge Conesa from Immersion 4. Thanks for the interesting conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Two, the power of more from Brockmeier and Salo. Innovation thinking.